of home affairs um, and the DG and your entire team uh, of home affairs staff and officials. We want to start to extend the weight of comfort and speedy recovery to Minister of Home Affairs. As we've been informed that he has tested positive, we hope he is recovering well. This meeting, <clears throat> uh, Mr. Matonsi, you will highlight the agenda so that we um, get to the items that uh, this meeting is going to interact with. Can you uh, highlight the agenda, Mr. Matonsi? Yes, our agenda is going to be uh, as uh, stated, honorable members. Is there any other item that uh, we members think it must come or can I establish that? <clears throat> Are we approving the agenda? Yes, Chair. Second, um, Honorable Lizer. Okay, the agenda is approved as has uh, been highlighted, uh, members. This is a progress uh, report. Um, you know that we had uh, the briefing by the uh, Minister of. Uh, Minister Nchabeni and Minister Aaron Zualedi, they were leading the delegation in the previous uh, portfolio committee. And there were recommendations from that committee that uh, some of the areas that they had, you will have to come back to the portfolio committee and report on the progress that uh, you have made, given the concerns and the issues that uh, members of the committee have raised with both the department and also with CETA. I must indicate from the onset that uh, I have gone through the report and there's a sense of cohesion mm -hmm. on some of the issues that uh, we've raised by the committee. And I think when the, uh, the report is going to be presented, members will interact uh, with, the, with the report, uh, including the team that is representing CETA and the Department of Communication and Home Affairs. We're not going to take time, Mr. Matunzi. I'm going to request that in our item apologies, you will come and give us apologies. We'll then uh, request the minister, sorry, the deputy minister Njabulu Nzunza, as the political head leading this both uh, department, I'm advised to introduce uh, the team of home affairs or delegate for introduction. And we'll then go to the, uh, uh, the DTG Chilembe to introduce uh, the team and we'll then go to uh, the chairperson of the board uh, to introduce uh, his team. If uh, Mr. Matonsi will be joined by the, uh, the uh, Minister Nchabeni or DM Mapulana, I will request that you advise uh, the table so that we were accordingly able to interact with their, uh, 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 their protocols. Can I invite you, Mr. Matonsi, to deal with the apologies and then in that sequence, I've outlined, and then it would go to the item of presentation. Mr. Matunz? Oh, okay, Chairperson, um, from the committee side, we don't have any apologies. Uh, I've got one apology from the Minister of Communication. 
and also an apology from Ms. Nkiji Mwaboko from the department. She's a DDG for HR. That's all, Chair. Okay. Members, do you, any apology that you might have not rendered to Mr. Matonzi? Okay, noted. Uh, Deputy Minister, I'm inviting you to introduce uh, your team and you will then work on the delegation of introducing other uh, uh, stakeholders. Deputy uh, Minister Njabulon Zunza. Thank you very much, uh, Chairperson. Uh, today from uh, Department of Home Affairs, we are with the, the DG, uh, Tommy Makote, and the DG Institutional Support, uh, Tulani Mavuso. DTG Civic Services, Thomas Sigama, CFO Gordon Hollenbay, and uh, DTG Counter Corruption, uh, Ms. Moite, as well as the BMA Commissioner, Dr. Mike Masiapato. I will then uh, request that we hand over to CETA uh, for them to make the introduction of the team that they are bringing with them today. Uh, I did also notice that we have the uh, acting CEO for CETA, uh, Luvuyo Geise uh, as well, but I will give that space for them to introduce uh, the whole team that they are coming with from the department. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Chairperson. Thank you, My name is Mkoli Sitsika, the Chairperson of CETA. With me uh, is the team from CETA led by the interim managing director, who I will hand over to him to introduce uh, the other team members. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Thank you, in that uh, order. All right, thank you very much. Uh, morning, morning, honorable chair and members. I guess protocol, I should also confirm that our DG is here, uh, Mrs. Nongkubela, um is is already here uh jordan Gianni is with us and also within the sita team i do have Kladi Kladi who is on the team our stakeholder management executive i do have tanya our parliamentary liaison officer as well as our acting company secretary thank you chair Thank you very much uh, for the introduction, uh, Mr. Keise, also for uh, noting that the, the DG uh, is also in attendance. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Deputy Minister Njabulo, for leading this delegation on behalf of the, both the ministers. We hope that uh, the interaction with the, the members of parliament uh, uh, you will able to lead the process uh, for the uh, engagement. At this time, I'm going to invite again the Deputy Minister to introduce the, uh, the presentation, and then you will uh, therefore delegate in terms of how we're going to interface with the, with the, with the delegation. Deputy Minister. Thank you very much again, uh, Chair. Uh, I think that as a, as a department, we have always indicated uh, our commitment uh, to improve services within our service points in various uh, branches of home affairs. 
we we do realize that uh, information technology and systems availability play a very important role in improving the kind of services that we offer. There might be a variety of issues that are affecting operations at our offices, but the issue of information technology, system stability and systems availability and the issue of downtime has always been a sore sore point for us. And uh, even in the last budget uh, vote speech, we did indicate that we are putting in uh, systems to try and deal with this issue and resolve them. Uh, We are therefore here today, Chair, to present on the progress that we have made and the targets that we have set, as well as the milestones that we have achieved in making sure that we deal with a variety of uh, information technology-related areas that are meant to improve service delivery in our service points, which is our branches. And that is why today we are going to be presenting on the implementation of the branch appointment system, which is very important towards dealing with the congestion in our offices and making sure that people that we have committed that they will be helped on a specific day, they are helped as a result reducing lost time from our citizens when they come to our offices by making sure that those who come have an appointment and will be able to be assisted. We are also going to present on the progress and how we are going forward in the implementation or resolution of the system downtime issues. Quite a number of times we have came to this committee and members have raised their concerns around people who go to home affairs offices only to find that there is system downtimes for a number of reasons. Sometimes there is power shortages and so on and so on. So we'll be taking the committee through those interventions that we are making. Part of the contributors to system downtimes is the issue of network availability and the issue of switches that are there that sometimes end up not transmitting information resulting to system downtime. So we'll be presenting on the maintenance plan for routers and switches as well. And lastly, we'll then uh, brief the committee briefly on the progress that we have made in the implementation of the APIS project. This has been one of the only issue within the department where we had to take a decision that our focus is on saving the project. We are continuing with other uh, issues related to this project, part of them around cost recovery, part of them around taking action on those who will have been found to have done wrong things, particularly on the basis of the forensic report that we once came here to present. But today our focus is to brief uh, the committee on what progress we have made. I will plead with you, Chair, that in future, we probably get a a chance to come and present holistically and in thorough detail both the benefits of the APIS project as well as the milestones that we will touch on today, but also around the recommendations that we have implemented coming from both the AG as well as the forensic reports that we have received on how far we have gone. But this for us is a very... uh, important project because it is also linked to other uh, important targets uh, within the department. Some of them could not be achieved on the basis of our inability to complete this particular project. We are happy with the progress that we are making, and I'm sure when the DG presents, uh, he will be able to take you through. One of the things I must say, lastly, Chair, is that we are very happy that uh, we are now maintaining a very good working relationship with CETA. We have ensured that the presentation that we present today is a joint effort 
from both organizations because we realize that working together is the only way that we are going to be able to move forward in order to deal with our issues. I will request that we give space to the DG to make the presentation. As I've indicated, one of the persons we have with us today is Mabas. So who is the CIO, they will then add in terms of technical issues that they will feel uh, are lacking, as well as CETA in broadly, they will then also add. I will request that we give space to the DG to then make that presentation, Chair. Thank you very much. Thank you, Deputy Minister. DG? DG Makode? Good morning, uh, Chair. Good morning to the uh, Deputy uh, Minister. Good morning to the Chairperson of uh, the CETA Board, uh, my colleague, uh, DG Nongubela uh, Jordan Diani, and the colleagues from uh, the Department of uh, uh, Communication and Digital Technologies, including the colleagues from uh, uh, Home Affairs. Thank you so much. I think the uh, Deputy Minister has already outlined the uh, purpose of the uh, presentation. I'll just reiterate some of the uh, activities uh, that uh, will find emphasis in the presentation. In the main uh, chair, uh, we are here to uh, present to the portfolio committee the progress that we've made with regards to the four key areas that we made a commitment to the portfolio committee on. The first one, it's really the network related interventions, both by the Department of Home Affairs and also by uh, the State Information Technology Agency which includes what the Deputy Minister referred to as the maintenance of uh, routers and switches, and then will provide an update. You'll recall that at the last uh, meeting where we appeared before this committee three months ago, uh, we made a commitment around the implementation of a branch appointment uh, system. So we'll provide an update as to where we are with regards to that. And then we'll also uh, deal into the implementation plan for health facilities which seeks to reduce queues at our offices. And of course, the Deputy Minister has spoken about the automated biometric identification system where we'll provide an update with regards to that. If we can move to a slide, uh, the next slide or slide five, basically provides a, a background on this presentation. You'll recall, Chair, uh, that on the 31st of August, both ourselves and CETA at that point, we made the two different presentations. I'm happy that today we're making one single presentation on the plans that we're going to uh, implement to resolve network downtimes. And uh, post that meeting, there were a number of actions that were identified that were going to be implemented uh, with various timelines. And of course, some are beyond the current financial year. So the presentation today will deal with uh, uh, how we are dealing with the immediate uh, challenges in the short term and then there's medium to long-term uh, challenges with a focus on uh, how we're going to uh, increase usage of mobile connectivity supported by suitable connectivity media. Of course, we'll also uh, table uh, before this uh, committee how we're working around the clock to ensure the revision of the architecture to deal with what we refer to as uh, the uh, bloatware, in particular to ensure that uh, the functionality of the software is not uh, drowned through the excessive use of uh, infrastructure and facilities. And then we'll then share with the committee how we are working with other state and private entities on improving access to the network and then the queue management uh, system. And of course, the work that we're doing around maintaining uh, these uh, generators in the offices that have already been equipped to handle power outages linked to that chair, 
You will recall that the minister directed us to ensure that uh, there are no disruptions, even when there are power outages. Is also the installation of uh, uh, water tanks at almost all our offices to make sure that uh, we are not impacted by any water disruptions. So I'll then go into the uh, investment plan in terms of the high-level deliverables for, for networks. So one of the things that we committed to before the committee was that uh, we're going to go back and look at uh, the uh, DHA investment uh, plan, uh, both ourselves and CETA. Uh, and uh, this was one of the priorities which we really looked at uh, the rollout and the deployment of an uninterrupted network uh, architecture. Uh, of course, we do note that uh, in order for us to perform optimally as a department, we need a reliable and high capacity network, which is essential to our operations or daily operations. But there are really three strategic goals that guide this investment. The first one really looks at the support, the maintenance, and ensuring that you have a secure critical infrastructure. The second one is to ensure that uh, you improve efficiencies and, uh, of course, the effectiveness of the DHA operations. And lastly, you need to make sure that you increase access and transparency to local government and the citizens. I think just speak to speak to some of these issues, and I know uh, my colleague, uh, the executive caretaker at CETA, uh, Mr. Kese, will speak more to some of uh, these issues, in particular around how do we ensure that uh, we have a secured critical uh, infrastructure. Yesterday, we had a, an outage in some of those areas due to uh, cable theft. And, and that takes a bit of time, but we, we're happy to report that with the relationship that we've built with CETA, uh, the network challenges that we had in the Eastern Cape and Western Cape, where the switching centers had an, an outage as a result of cable theft, were resolved this morning because uh, of the turnaround times that we now have with uh, CETA. So we'll also speak to uh, the DHA and uh, CETA have made several investments in support of the implementation of the investment plan in a phased approach. Of course, we might not have all the required funding in this current financial year. And in the further slides, you'll be able to note the progress that we're making. And of course, CETA has been able to make a substantial investment uh, totaling about uh, three to four billion with regards to some of these issues that we are referring to. Similarly, as uh, home affairs, we are making a, an investment. Of course, ours will obviously be much more than uh, what CETA is uh, investing. Of course, more funding will be required for further implementation of the investment uh, plan. And then the second area that we committed to was really around ensuring that uh, we proactively monitor the environmental systems on the CETA switching centers to prevent downtimes. The fact that CETA was able to respond to these challenges in the Eastern Cape and the Western Cape yesterday. It's a result of the proactive monitoring that is now in place, where we're referring to the remote environmental management uh, solution. And to this end, uh, they have uh, contracted a service provider and they've ordered equipment and implementation with regards to this uh, will be completed by the end of June 2022. And you will note, Chair, some of the deadlines are a bit uh, longer. Uh, because of governance processes that have to be followed by ourselves and uh, CETA. And then on this slide, uh, we also uh, committed that uh, we will ensure that the next generation uh, network uh, remedial plan uh, is in place. And to this end, the status that we can provide to the committee is that the software defined uh, networking uh, is modernizing, is to ensure that we modernize the aging core network infrastructure so that we prevent the impact of uh, switching center outages on uh, DHA uh, front uh, offices. 
To this end, we appreciate the support that we've received from the CETA board that has approved the appointment of the SDN service provider. Uh, the contract is to be finalized uh, by the end of November 2021, which means uh, today, uh, just to remind uh, the executive uh, caretaker. Then the other area there to emphasize is that uh, CETA then is committed to ensure that they define the regional implementation uh, based on the approved design as per the award. Uh, to the service provider as part of uh, phase one and of course the last point to emphasize there is the implementation of phase one of the project uh, should be completed by the end of march 2022 you'll note chair it's just three months since we last appeared before the uh, committee and we've made a lot of progress in these areas with regards to how uh, CETA has been able to turn around some of these uh, timelines of course uh, we keep uh, pushing the colleagues to make sure that uh, some of these activities might be able to run uh, parallel. Then there was a commitment around the CETA core network uh, layer. And here we made a commitment, uh, or CETA made a commitment to appoint a secondary service provider uh, that has been initiated uh, for a high availability of the CETA core uh, network. So that's the progress that we're able uh, to report on with uh, regards to that. And then on slide eight, you will note that on the internet uh, uh, failover, which is something that CETA committed to assist us with, uh, so that we're able to reduce the outage impact on DHA uh, services, which are dependent on internet services. Uh, for example, your card payment uh, systems at our offices, your online verification, uh, that work is, uh, is progressing quite well. And the contract with the new service provider for the internet services has been concluded and migration is uh, completed. And therefore, the backup links for both uh, Centurion and Cape Town, that has been uh, completed as well. And the uh, internet uh, failover between uh, Cape Town and Centurion and vice versa, uh, that should be concluded by March uh, 2022. So that's significant uh, progress that has been made. And the, during the last presentation, we also uh, shared with the committee around the work that we are doing uh, with regards to the VSET flat uh, uh, panel, uh, which we uh, was which was fitted on one of the mobile uh, trucks. This work is uh, continuing. Uh, the uh, mobile truck has been uh, going around the country being tested to make sure that uh, at least by the time this is deployed, uh, it, uh, it works. So on the next slide, on slide number eight, again, uh, there's a proof of uh, concept. And if you'll recall, I think Honorable Ross raised these issues during our last presentation around the fact that uh, we've chosen uh, the option of uh, bronze uh, as part of uh, our agreement uh, with CETA. And uh, there was a recommendation or the urge from the committee was that we need to make sure that we move uh, to uh, where we have multiple access links. And to that extent, we've agreed uh, with uh, CETA that uh, we should have a proof of concept for identified multiple, multiple access uh, links, uh, particularly looking at uh, the uh, gold uh, status to that extent these have been uh, sites have been identified and uh, this proof of concept chair will then inform uh, our way forward with regards to what sort of uh, sla do we desire uh, in working with CETA around uh, this uh, we've already indicated that uh, the department of home affairs has submitted a list of sites currently connecting with multiple access uh, links we've identified uh, five sites uh, from uh, the list uh, for the proof of uh, concept. And of course, once all those dependencies chair have been addressed, uh, the uh, proof of concept 
will then be conducted for a period of uh, two months and then uh, the multiple access links at all sites must have uh, the same bandwidth uh, speed. Then the next area is really around the consolidation of access links uh, per province. There are two activities here. One is to ensure that you have a revised approach uh, for connectivity per region. The second one is really the migration of access links uh, from copper-based technology to other technologies. Uh, the executive caretaker spoke at length about these challenges with regards to uh, copper theft uh, in particular. So the progress that we can report to date is that uh, the replacement of the uh, DigiNet uh, with LDT as a quick win uh, within two months of the 133 sites. These have been uh, identified and incrementally this will then be uh, implemented and concluded by March 2022. And of course, one of the things that uh, CETA has done is to ensure that they've appointed a single service provider per region and they would like to, or they are currently using the Northwest uh, province as a pilot uh, as the uh, current work around the uh, evaluating of some of these activities with regards to the bids and the technical specifications for other provinces. We hope uh, this will be published by the end of uh, December 2021 and they are expecting that the appointment of a service provider for all provinces should be concluded by the end of September 2022. This might seem like a long lead time, Chair, but if you are to follow governance processes, we have to ensure that uh, we stick uh, to those uh, governance uh, processes to ensure that uh, we don't attract uh, other undesirable uh, activities. And then there was a, a, a commitment that we made around ensuring that uh, there's a power supply uh, at uh, all our uh, home affairs uh, facilities. This was our responsibility. Uh, we can report to this committee that this has been done. Almost all our modernized sites, in particular, the 176 offices have uh, uh, generators uh, to ensure that uh, there's power supply continuity during load shedding or power outages, including what I've just said earlier, the uh, water tanks and then, of course, we have a challenge around the 292 non-modernized sites where we still need to look at other alternative forms of technology or energy to make sure that these sites have uninterrupted power supply. And to date, what we currently are doing is that we have encouraged all our front office managers to make sure that there's a sufficient diesel for our backup generators and of course, working with our property management colleagues, including at the Department of Public Works and Infrastructure, is to ensure that there's regular testing and maintenance of all backup generators to make sure that we continue to provide services irrespective of load shedding. And then, of course, on the local area network and the wide area network, where we made a commitment around the router switches, around the agency procurement uh, contract we were supposed we supposed as home affairs to submit the business case to uh, CETA uh, for the replacement of uh, routers and uh, switches i did indicate at the beginning that uh, some of these activities will require a significant amount of money to be uh, invested uh, on an annual basis we'll probably need to spend about eight million and if we are uh, to replace uh, most of this will probably need an investment of about 100 uh, million. So we currently are looking at uh, other options, including the migration uh, from a dedicated to a managed uh, VPN, including which uh, we uh, do not support leasing routers and switches uh, from uh, the uh, market. 
So the next slide then deals with how do we ensure that uh, we have a secure enterprise uh, architecture? And, and I think this is critical because there are a number of activities that we need to look at under this area. One is really to ensure that uh, we look at the business architecture, the application uh, architecture, the data architecture, the technology architecture, and an implementation plan. This will enable us then to uh, achieve a greater alignment between our information, technology, information, uh, security, and business uh, strategies, and should be able to guide the process of planning and designing the IT capabilities of uh, home affairs so that we're able to meet the organizational objectives and goals that we have set ourselves. And CETA has offered to provide this uh, service free of charge uh, using their own uh, personnel around uh, ensuring that uh, we are able to secure the enterprise uh, architecture. And to that, we are grateful to the uh, CETA team. And then on the application management, uh, we committed to the full redesign of uh, the uh, live capture. Uh, we have tasked CETA to uh, publish that uh, request for bids for the live capture system. This uh, project will take a bit longer, chair. it will take about uh, 12 months after the uh, service provider is uh, uh, appointed. We hope to conclude some of these uh, activities in terms of the process uh, by the end of uh, uh, the year. And then progressively, of course, we'll need to move uh, selected applications to more uh, secured uh, cloud uh, investment, particularly tier three of the CETA cloud uh, and, and environment. If we move to uh, slide number, the next slide, uh, slide number 12, basically speaks to the information systems uh, security um, operations center capability. I think you do know, Chair, around the cyber attacks uh, that are ongoing, not only on uh, government uh, uh, installations, and for us uh, to ensure that uh, our information systems are protected from uh, cyber attacks. We've been having this engagement uh, with CETA, and uh, they are currently in the process of procuring and establishing um, what we refer to as a security operations center capability and they've committed that uh, this process should be uh, finalized by the end of March 2022. And this will then assist us as Home Affairs, in particular our Enterprise uh, Operation Center uh, roadmap and provide uh, the Department of Home Affairs with preventative measures, which is crucial and proactively detect uh, any act around cyber attacks. And we believe that uh, we should be uh, onboarded in the quarter in the first quarter of 2022-2023. So the next slide just basically illustrates uh, the implementation plan for routers and uh, switches. You'll note that uh, it's a uh, financial year. In the 2022-23 financial year, uh, those are the areas that uh, we hope uh, we should be able to um, uh, invest in. And then 2023-24, uh, mainly uh, housing, and then uh, Limpopo, Mpumalanga, Northwest and Northern Cape, and then 2024-25, Eastern Cape, Free State, Gauteng, KZN and Northern Cape. And we have staggered uh, this approach because uh, we currently do not have uh, the uh, requisite uh, funding uh, to inject uh, this uh, funding that's required. So therefore we've staggered this process so that we're able to get uh, the uh, desired uh, results. Now the next slide basically it's to share with the committee uh, how we've been able to uh, roll out uh, the implementation plan on routers and switches. You'll note that uh, 
uh, in the financial 2019-20, uh, we were able to replace uh, uh, 100 of these uh, routers and then 60. And then uh, in the financial 2020-21, uh, 50 and then uh, 40 for the switches. And uh, this financial year, we should be able to replace 30 of these routers and uh, switches. Of course, it might look like it's minimal. It's based on uh, the resources that are currently uh, available. And then we hope that we'll start picking up pace uh, in the 2022-23 financial year as demonstrated in the previous slide. And uh, uh, we should be able to get to that uh, 360 in terms of routers. And then in terms of switches, we should be able to get to uh, 300. Okay, then the next slide basically speaks to let's uh, skip this slide that's just uh, another slide that speaks to uh, some of the uh, options that we have in terms of uh, uh, our support uh, services uh, uh, that's currently in place to monitor some of our functions of course at hallmark uh, there's a team that's uh, monitoring uh, providing support for the data center operations and then at centurion uh, there's a dha team there as well and then the CETA operational security and internet uh, services team and then uh, dha information system security and of course the dha networks team and then the CETA applications maintenance and support and then there's officials from CETA that are working on the one on the internet links uh, on the power cooling etc and then the mainframe applications and the CETA infrastructure support so there's quite a lot of uh, uh, work that has been done since we last uh, uh, appeared uh, before uh, this uh, committee in terms of how we have operationalized uh, some of the activities. If you look at the next slide, it basically shares with the committee the, the governance uh, uh, structures that we have uh, put in place. We currently uh, have uh, uh, ongoing uh, engagements on a quarterly uh, basis. And then for the last quarter, the last meeting that we had was on the 15th of uh, October, 2021. Uh, these are meetings that are driven by uh, myself and the executive uh, caretaker uh, at CETA together with the executives. And we hope that uh, during quarter four, we should be able to meet again and either now or in early January. And uh, what we've been doing at this meeting is really to look at uh, the CETA DHA coordination and integration uh, meetings but also uh, those uh, strategic task team uh, meetings, which are meeting uh, uh, weekly. And then we also have uh, the steering committees that are also uh, meeting on a monthly basis to take stock of uh, where we are with regards to the commitment that we've made before uh, the portfolio uh, committee in order to improve our efficiencies. So the next slides then uh, uh, will then speak to the implementation of uh, the branch appointment booking system. You'll recall, Chair, at uh, the last meeting uh, that uh, we uh, presented uh, our plans, we spoke about uh, this uh, branch appointment system to ensure that uh, we reduce the amount of people that visit our offices. So this uh, slide just demonstrates the uh, milestone uh, plan, which is at uh, it's, a, it's divided into about five phases. The first one was really to ensure that we conduct the system security test, which was successful. It started on the 25th of October to the 12th of November. And then we then had to move to the quality assurance sign-off to test the systems to ensure that the systems are optimal. And that work started on the 15th of November to the 19th of November. And then uh, we need to look at the user acceptance uh, testing or the UAT and the regression uh, testing. 
Uh, that work started on the 22nd of November to the 26th of uh, November 2021. And then uh, we hope uh, from uh, yesterday, we have started to look at uh, going uh, the go live or release admin uh, until the 3rd of uh, December, just to now really ensure that uh, before uh, this system is rolled out, uh, all the things have been uh, checked. And we hope to uh, pilot in uh, five offices, uh, Chair, uh, from the 3rd of uh, December to the 31st of uh, March. And these are mainly located in uh, Houting. Uh, we're looking at uh, Acacia. We're looking at the offices that have a high volume. Uh, we're looking at uh, Byron. And then in the Western Cape, we're looking at Weinberg. We're looking at Pal. In KZN, uh, Honorable Pile, we're looking at uh, uh, Tongat, uh, just to test the, uh, of course, uh, the, the appointment uh, booking system. If it's therefore successful, then we should be able to uh, roll it out to uh, other uh, offices. Now, parallel to this, it's work that we're doing with uh, the banks around uh, more or less the same issue uh, in terms of increasing our footprint. And uh, they are also working around some of these activities to make sure that uh, they provide us uh, with the requisite uh, support. So the next slide then uh, provides uh, a progress uh, on the uh, health facilities uh, implementation plan, again, to reduce queues in our offices. And you will note that uh, on this slide is really the uh, implementation strategy as per the classification of uh, health uh, facilities. If we can go to slide, uh, the next slide, uh, Adam, you will note that uh, the rollout of this strategy is based on the uh, five priorities. So the first priority will be uh, hospitals uh, that uh, where the birth rate is more than uh, 5,000 uh, live births or four, 400 uh, births uh, per, per month. And then the type of service that we offer there, we have a full-time presence. Uh, they operate like our offices from 7.30 until 15.30. Of course, we have to ensure that we optimize the 41 priority health uh, facilities. And then the second priority will be to look at offices that's got uh, uh, beds between uh, 5,000 to uh, 2,000. And again, similarly, uh, we have a full-time uh, presence uh, to ensure that we optimize uh, priority two and three health uh, facilities. And then the third priority is to look at uh, those health facilities that uh, have a bed rate between uh, 2,000 and uh, 1,000. Uh, again, uh, because of the numbers that are lesser, uh, you then have a part-time presence, at least we're there in the morning until uh, lunchtime, uh, mainly looking prior at priority uh, three at the uh, 101 health uh, facilities. Then the fourth priority looks at uh, facilities uh, that have life paths uh, between 1,000 and uh, 500. Of course, there we can't have uh, a full-time uh, personnel. Uh, we then provide a roaming uh, service, uh, which will include a uh, four to five health uh, facilities per uh, official. And then the last one is the fifth uh, priority, again, a uh, roaming uh, service. So one of the priority health facilities will include uh, a hospital such as uh, uh, Baragwanath, where you know that uh, you are likely to get uh, more um, uh, birth, uh, uh, with, with a high uh, uh, birth rate and, and others. And, and, and the introduction of this chair has really uh, ensure that uh, you have uh, fewer uh, mothers uh, that are coming through to register for births at our uh, offices. So we'll want to, uh, it's, it's one of the priorities that the Deputy Minister has said, we need to ensure that uh, 
uh, there's an uptake, but also we communicate more and ensure that uh, we strengthen the relationship that we have with the Department of uh, Health so that uh, people are able to optimally use these uh, facilities. If we can move to the uh, next slide, uh, Adam, you'll note that on this slide, we're just signaling that uh, we currently have uh, 160 health uh, facilities uh, with uh, network uh, connectivity. Out of this, 121 can issue a birth certificate on the spot, which I think it's uh, quite uh, good progress. And then the 39 that cannot issue on the spot are due to the inadequate IT equipment, uh, including your online verification scanners and human resources. And this is an area that uh, uh, we're working on and we will be able to uh, deploy additional IT equipment to these health uh, facilities. And then, of course, uh, we have uh, a bit uh, specifications document that has been generated for network connectivity at additional uh, health facilities. Uh, this has been finalized with CETA, and uh, we hope they should be able to advertise this before the 15th of uh, December 2021. And of course, the revised bit uh, specification document for the mobile structures in health uh, facilities uh, that do not have space because there are offices that do not have uh, space or facilities that do not have space for uh, the department of home affairs that will be presented to the bac on the first of uh, december that is uh, tomorrow uh, so that if it's finalized then it's then uh, out so that's uh, the progress that we've made with regards to that area now the crucial one one of the things that we requested to respond to it's how far we've gone with regards to uh, the automated biometric uh, identification system or ABIS. On the 27th, you'll recall, Chair, of October, we made a presentation to the portfolio committee on the uh, steps that the department was taking to rescue the ABIS uh, project and then uh, followed by the meeting uh, on the 25th of May, where we came back to the portfolio committee and indicated that we have received all the support or approvals uh, from uh, Treasury for the assignment or the seeding of the ABIS contract to IDEMIA. And the assignment and seeding was concluded in March 2021. And IDEMIA has undertook to deliver phase one of the ABIS project from the 1st of May 2021 to December 2021. And the next slides will then provide the committee with an update with regard to the commitment that we have made. You'll recall, Chair, that uh, we entered into this amended and restated Master Tenki Solutions Agreement with uh, IDEMIA in line with uh, the necessary conditions and the scope of the project as per the initial tender requirements uh, on the 31st of March 2021. There was then a handover process uh, between EOH and IDEMIA that took place uh, during the month of April uh, 2021. And uh, during this period, EOH then handed over all ABIS documents are produced during the EOH tenure and update IDEMIA on the technical work that's been performed so far. The following tasks also commenced during the month of April 2021. One of them was really to do project scoping and planning, the establishment of project structures, work streams, governance, onboarding of technical resources, and the project execution under IDEMIA commenced in May 2021. And we hope that uh, we'll still uh, be on track to finalize uh, phase one in December 2021. So if we can move to the uh, next slide, this basically gives you the architecture uh, of uh, the THA high level AVIS uh, architecture. On the top right, you will note the 
data center in terms of the AVs uh, project this needs to it, uh, to be active and below it's another data center that needs to be active and Mr. Mavuso was indicating that uh, both these centers uh, the one is a hot uh, uh, site and the other one is a cold site in terms of AVs both of them need to be uh, active they need to uh, mirror each other's uh, activities in the middle you can see uh, the CETA white area network and then the firewalls that are required to protect uh, these uh, uh, installations or facilities and then at the top you'll note the activities uh, that will be happening at uh, the new corporation building or BVR uh, which will include your back office uh, data capturing your network management security management infrastructure management and at the bottom, uh, it's activities uh, that will be happening at uh, CETA because you do need uh, those uh, backups, including your back uh, office data capturing, network management, security management. And then you've got external parties that are accessing information uh, from uh, uh, the, uh, or that will be accessing information from the ABS, whether it's the Department of Justice, whether it's SARS, whether it's the police, uh, government departments, uh, and a number of banks that we have uh, MOUs uh, with. Uh, so including, of course, uh, your uh, uh, IEC uh, for elections. So that just gives a high level uh, ABC uh, infrastructure. And then uh, the next slide just basically gives an ABC uh, phase one uh, roadmap. You'll note that we started in May 2021. We had a kickoff meeting uh, with the executives uh, from Idemia. Um, um, uh, we then had a stakeholder um, uh, mobilization where we uh, shared with them our vision and our case for change, including uh, the stakeholder metrics in terms of who they need to uh, work with. And then we started to uh, do the operational mobilization where we established the ABIS uh, project management office, which is led by Mr. Richard Stoltz in the office of uh, the uh, DG. And then we then had to do an analysis as to uh, what is uh, currently in the back office uh, support system and and of course including uh, immigration uh, services and other activities and then uh, uh, colleagues had to look at the uh, change uh, agent uh, network uh, and then we started uh, bringing the business uh, processes on board and uh, that was uh, uh, june 2021 and then the business uh, requirement validation and then we started looking at uh, what impact will this have on people, will this have on processes and technology. And then, of course, we had to ensure that the business is ready, we had to uh, uh, prepare the business, get uh, the data centers uh, to be ready. And then, of course, the data migration uh, process. And, and of course, uh, we needed to ensure that uh, there's a system uh, integration uh, testing and, of course, uh, the user uh, acceptance uh, testing uh, abbreviated as UAT and SIT apologies for using those abbreviations uh, uh, chair but this process requires ongoing testing integration and validation and migration it's not an easy process chair because we continuously have to uh, attend to some of these issues and of course uh, the team had to develop training uh, material and then the the rollout of uh, that and currently where we are it's really around the business uh, uh, readiness uh, action. And, and there are things that we're running parallel. Uh, this committee in particular uh, requested us to consider, if you recall, Chair, 
I think it was Honorable Bongo to then say, what are the things that we can run parallel in terms of phases? So we've basically looked at, at that, and there's things that we are currently running uh, parallel. And once we have accepted the tests, um, we should be able to go live where we believe in um, in the uh, next uh, few uh, weeks uh, with regards to that. And then we can then move to uh, phase uh, two. So the next slide basically gives you an uh, ABIS uh, progress uh, uh, update. Just before that, there was a slide that I thought I would share with the committee on the uh, work streams that we had. Unfortunately, that's not there, but it's fine. I'll then proceed. As indicated uh, in the previous report, while we've made uh, good progress in the build process following uh, the cessation of that contract to Idemia, of course, we have encountered a number of constraints uh, with uh, some of the uh, work streams. In particular, it's been uh, uh, the maybe let me share with the committee that there are about six work streams uh, that are looking at uh, the implementation of ABIS. The first one looks at uh, data migration. The second one looks at infrastructure, in particular, uh, data center and the networks. And then the third one looks at security. Fourth one looks at applications and interfaces, including integration testing. And then the fifth one looks at uh, the impact on people, change management and training. And the last one looks at business process mapping. So on data migration, I'm happy to report uh, uh, while it was uh, on Ember, we've now moved to green uh, this morning. And uh, in particular, we were looking at data extraction and Richard was informing me this morning that uh, Today, they've managed to migrate about 50 million uh, records. So that's a good progress. And of course, the ingestion of some of the remaining data uh, is still in progress. I think we now are receiving much more better uh, cooperation from uh, NEC, whereas when we started, that was not uh, the case. And then the progress update on the infrastructure data center networks, uh, Chair. Uh, we're on track we're ready for production and then on security as well we're ready for production and then on applications and interfaces including integration uh, testing um last night uh, four of the six interfaces had been uh, uh, completed for integrated uh, testing and this morning we were told that uh, there's only one uh, that's uh, need to be finalized which looks at uh, commercial online verification. So that's where we are. So we've made a lot of progress on that. And then on change management and training, uh, that's on track, the ABS training for impacted staff, that's ongoing. And then the business process mapping, the development of linear mechanical solution is almost complete. And of course, uh, the business uh, scenario testing, that's in progress. So I just thought, let me share uh, with uh, the committee uh, where we are with regards to the stage three testing and the run. Uh, of course, uh, we can move to the uh, next uh, slide, uh, Adam. I think I've spoken to this. So we therefore are requesting uh, the uh, portfolio committee uh, to uh, note the update with regards to the ABS phase one completion. And of course, the progress that we've made to resolve chair, the network connectivity as well as uh, long queues at our uh, Department of Home Affairs uh, offices. Thank you, Chair, and it's back to uh, the Deputy Minister. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, <clears throat> Mr. Makode, for your detailed uh, presentation. And members will able to interact with the um, uh, progress uh, report. We'll also 
get responses from the team uh, home affairs led by the DM and the uh, CETA and the uh, 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 Department of uh, Communication. How we're going to uh, to run our comments and questions to the presentations will allow members, honorable members, to comment or raise questions um, and perhaps recommend on some of the issues you are raising. And then we'll then request the, uh, the team, uh, the C. IO, Mr. Ntlantla, um, then request uh, Mr. Keiso. We then request a comment from the board chair, Mr. Tseke. We then request the DG, Mr. Makode. We then request the DG, uh, Ms. Jordan Jani. And then the a summary comment from the, uh, from the minister. That is an order we're going to, so that we manage our uh, 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 our our meeting. If there's no issue for comment, uh, members who are with identified for responses will indicate it's not compulsory. I just wanted to um, uh, so that we, we we get ownership and commitment in terms of implementation to this presentation that uh, jointly has been present, has presented. I think that is appreciated. I'm going to request Honorable Pillay, Honorable Ross, Honorable Mulekwa, Honorable Tito, uh, Honorable Kanyele, Honorable Mkwini, Honorable Lizel, Honorable Khwase, and Honorable Mudise Mja uh, to uh, interact uh, with, the, uh, with the presentation. Honorable Pillay. Thank you. Thank you very much, Chairperson, and uh, thank you very much, uh, DG, for that uh, presentation and report. Uh, Chair, I think we must commend the work that has been done, and we must appreciate the efforts that have been made uh, and the progress in terms of how we want to address some of the serious um, challenges that we've been experiencing. Uh, mine, I'm just going to be very specific. The first one is just to have some clear timelines in terms of specifics. Um, the department reported on the partnership with CETA in terms of addressing the system downtime. Um, can we have a little bit more details um, and, and to be specific in terms of what was the nature of that partnership um, and what has been achieved um, thus far? Um, I also have a request in terms of the pilot uh, booking system that DG reported on and perhaps a suggestion if we could look at increasing the number of sites on the pilot with a direct focus uh, on some of the busiest offices um, so that we can be able to get a, or gauge, um, you know, whether this, this is, is really working for us. Um, the last one, ideally, we would love to have all our offices to become smart offices. Um, can we have a clear indication of what the department's plans are to achieve this with timelines? Uh, and perhaps even tabulate, you know, which offices, when, and how far, and, and, and what the progress on that is. Thank you very much, Chair. Thank you very much, Honorable uh, Pile, for your contributions and questions. Honorable Ramalobe. Honorable Ross. Uh, thank you, Chair, and thank you to the presenters. Um, 
And uh, yeah, allow me to say bravo. I think this shows what uh, can happen when this committee and the department work together. Um, and, and I think it's, it's very encouraging to see the, the, the progress. Um, you know, I think we look at the 2020-21 annual report um, and we see that, uh, that Home Affairs said it needs another 200 million um, to implement this network architecture. Um, the chair, I believe this is essential. Um, this should not be something where we say that there's not enough funding. Um, and so I just want to get, wanted to get a bit more detail about exactly what um, steps are being taken to, to, to get this funding. Um, I think there's a few issues on this. Number one is, you know, we have a, a shortfall on projected revenue versus the actual revenue at Home Affairs of, of 251 million. Um, and so a great contributor to that is the fact that Home Affairs offices are down so much. Um, and we find that the 200 million that we need to implement this network architecture, um, if, if the system was up, we'd have 251 million per year potentially. Um, so this is surely something that, uh, that needs to be considered by Home Affairs, especially when it, uh, when it seeks funding. The fact that uh, there's such a clear business case um, in order to get this funding to complete the project, um, how much more revenue the department will get. And I think also the legal claims against the department, um, for the department to really work at that. Um, if you consider that, uh, you know, potentially about half a billion rands worth of legal claims, uh, the department just loses them every time. And uh, it's because they are taking too long to respond to, to basic uh, requests. And so it's, that is another area where a substantial amount of money can be saved. Um, and my, my final question in that regard uh, to the department is uh, whether you've managed to do, to do an estimate um, on the loss to the economy uh, from the downtime uh, that is caused by these, the system offline issues. Um, because, uh, you know, and, and it's a question I have for, for the Department of Communications as well, is, uh, you know, we have a scenario where 10 years ago, the United Nations declared internet access as a basic human right. So over 10 years ago, they said that this is essential uh, for, for, for every person to have internet access, to be able to express themselves, to be able to exercise their constitutional rights. Um, but, but here in South Africa, I, I don't see from the Department of Communications uh, necessarily a plan on how we can provide this uh, internet access across government departments where we can achieve economies of scale and so forth. It seems to be a one-on-one. -on -one. So with the Department of Home Affairs uh, and CETA on one department, then on another department. Um, so I'd like to know from communications, what is the plan in this regard to ensure that all government departments, uh, you know, that, that this kind of problem is resolved um, across the board. Um, and then finally, in terms of uh, idemia, um, I'd just like to understand what safeguards are in place uh, that are built into this contract to make sure that we don't uh, see what we had with EOH and these contracts where people or, or entities come, they do not fulfill their contractual obligations, and then they seem to get away with it. Um, so I'd like to understand what safeguards are built in. Number one, to ensure that there are penalties for non-performance, and number two, uh, that they would be unable to just get out of the contract uh, scot-free. Thank you very much, Chair. Well, thank you very much, uh, Honorable Ross. Uh, I'm sure the, the question that you've posed to, uh, to communication in terms of their plan, um, uh, I'm convinced that they might have also presented it to the 
Portfolio Committee of, uh, of Communication. I just wanted to make it easier so that uh, uh, they are not found put in a corner on the issues that are relating to, to another comment. But thanks for your comments and, uh, uh, and questions and recommendations. Honorable Molegua. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Let me also start by appreciating the presentation as presented by uh, both Home uh, Affairs and Sita, and also commend their sterling work in order to make sure that the issue of AVS is attended to. Chairperson, I also want to encourage the department and Sita to stick to their action plan as indicated in their presentation to make sure that there's stability in the system and also they should stick to their time frame as presented. Uh, another one, Chairperson, is that uh, we hope the issue of that time will be the issue of the past uh, because now at least there is a light uh, at the end of the tunnel. I don't have any question but to welcome the report as presented uh, and also encourage the Home Affairs to make sure that they, they keep on updating the portfolio committee on the progress report. Uh, thank you, Chairperson. Thank you very much, um, Honorable uh, Mulikwa, for your comments and uh, Honorable Tito. <clears throat> Thanks, Chair. Uh, 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 greetings to my colleagues and everyone who is present today. Uh, Chair, I'm only going to ask uh, two questions. Uh, on slide 27, the department presents a graphic presentation of phase one implementation. That, that is showing us that is from 1 May 2021 to 1 December 2021. Is phase one still on schedule to be completed by 1 December 2021? And then my second question, Chair, is... Uh, how much of the 450 million that was allocated for ABUS has been spent today? Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Tito, Honorable for your contributions. Honorable Kanyele. Thank you, Chairperson, and greetings to everyone in the meeting today. Chairperson, I'd also like to commend the department on the great progress they have made on various issues that they have presented today. I, uh, especially when it comes to the issue of the appointment booking system, which I also do believe that is going to assist us a lot in terms of uh, reducing the, the long queues or managing the influx in various offices. However, I have missed the names of the offices that the DG has mentioned in Johannesburg, and I would like for him to repeat those offices because when one finds time, I think it should be a good initiative that we go and conduct an oversight to assist the department in determining if this appointments, appointment system is actually working. Uh, another issue that I have uh, picked up is that this pilot project, there isn't one office in the rural areas that have been um, identified. I'd like to suggest to the department if they can actually look into the rural areas as well. I think we do know that we have a number of issues in rural areas in terms of network connectivity, 
in terms of people not being able to access the online services, I think most of them, they'll be using the SMS. So while they pilot this project, I think, I think it will be a good thing to also identify one of the rural areas that they can actually pilot in. Another question that I'm having, it's in line with the, the, the timelines that my colleagues have also been talking on. The department has made a presentation on the birth registrations and indicated that uh, there's uh, 39 officers that still does not have access to IT equipment and, 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 and uh, officials to man those officers. But they have also indicated that they are going to deploy those res- required resources to the various officers. I'd like to know by when does the department think this is going to be done? And there was a slide that spoke to the Northwest being used also as a, as a pilot where CETA will be appointing a single service provider. They have also indicated that the bid is currently being evaluated. At what stage is this bid on? And the second question that we have is that by when do they think they're going to, 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 to finish with this? Those are my only questions, Chairperson. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable uh, Kanyele, for your uh, uh, comments and uh, questions. Honorable Mkwini. No, thank you very much, Chair. Uh, I think most of my this, uh, questions have been covered by my uh, colleagues. That is, the, that is the, the downside of actually having to speak like in a very, <laughs> after so many speakers. But I just wanted to ask that, I think there's some, just one or two questions that I, I have for the department. I think last time, uh, I think we said, let's identify um, one of those busy uh, home affairs um, areas and and see if we can do an in- intervention. For example, the one in Johannesburg and some of the ones that have been on TV and ensure those ones are operating and those no, and, and and there are no choose, and most probably those are the ones that we start with the intervention in terms of this new the, the technology that we that the, the department is trying to introduce. Where they managed, my question would be then: Have they managed to identify very critical or very busy home affairs so that they are able to to introduce this new system um, that they actually want to actually put? And then number two uh, will be to say that are we um, still having these long queues that um, have, have been having a problem with them? Have we, uh, with this intervention that we are doing at this point in time, um, are there still queues out there? Um, and then also the system downtown, downtown, have they done any analysis to, to check now if there's any improvement from the last time we had a meeting up until now. So are there any improvements now in terms of the system downtown, which is actually there? And then the other one would be to say, are they still very long queues um, that are actually there? Are we intervening? And probably number three would be to say that have they identified one of those busiest home affairs that they can do an intervention on? So the ones that are, you know, there are a lot of people which are actually coming in so that we don't have this noise, because if you remember in um, Tata, there was a problem there that there's a system, you know, uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, 
around time in that area. And you know that the area that uh, uh, Home Affairs is servicing so many rural villages around the area. So if you've done that analysis, as actually we advised last time in the meeting, so that we can start interventions and ensure that this noise has actually come down. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Those are my few interventions. And I, I think that the guys are moving and all of that. But uh, it will be nice with their presentation. They don't use a lot of jargon. Hey, there's a lot of IT jargon there. Sometimes you don't even understand it. But maybe they make the <laughs> this presentation a bit easier just to understand at our level, you know. But it's good. Thank you very much. No, no, thanks, Honorable uh, Mkini, um, for your, your comments and contributions. Honorable Lise. Thank you very much, uh, Chairperson. Uh, thank you for the opportunity. Greetings to you, Chairperson, and our colleagues um, in the Portfolio Committee, as well as our colleagues from Home Affairs and Communications. Um, Chairperson, I think it's obviously a very good day for our DG because I think all my colleagues before me um, have thanked him for a wonderful presentation and as well as the progress being made. So let me also just add my voice to that. Um, my questions, of course, will be brief because most of my colleagues have asked what we wanted to know. But on slide 20, when we speak about the appointment system, um, like Honorable Kanyele said, that we are very, you know, this is obviously a, a, a step in the right direction. It's exciting times that we'll be having a platform where we can be um, making bookings. Um, and with regards to it being piloted, I wanted to ask the DG, uh, what, how will these appointments, will, will, our, uh, will your clients have to use your call center to make these appointments? Because as you know, that um, you know, the, there are concerns that your call center is always, not always so functional. So will we be using a WhatsApp platform like uh, Sasa utilizes for bookings? Or will it be telephonic bookings or bookings via SMS? The DG did briefly touch as well on the relationship with um, banks, and we keep on talking about the relationship we've got with banks, but I feel that the rollout um, of, of home affairs services to our banks are, are slow, and maybe just an update in terms of uh, plans to extend our footprint uh, to banks uh, next year. And, and similarly, um, I've been speaking to the DG about uh, mobile trucks and servicing rural areas because currently um, the Department of Social Development is engaging in public hearings and everywhere where we go in these far-flung areas, the concern is that, you know, the offices are not uh, you know, online servicing them and so mobile trucks are very important to service these rural areas. So I also wanted to know what are the plans um, for procuring more of these VSAT mobile trucks in 2020. Um, and then two last questions with regards to Treasury um, allowing um, the ABUS contract to be ceded to a new service provider. I wanted to get an update what penalty fee was paid by EOH um, if, if they've paid a penalty as yet. And will the new service provider be able to complete the ABUS project within the initial projected timeframe and budgets? We can just get the details there. And finally, Chairperson, if the DJ, DG can just give us um, an update on how far they've gone in implementing the forensic report recommendations regarding the EOH matter, uh, maybe just an update on disciplinary actions um, and cases referred to law enforcement agencies. Thank you very much, Chairperson. No, thanks very much, uh, Co-Chair Lizelle. Thanks very much for your contributions and the comments. Um, Honorable Lohuas. If you're back, Honorable Mudisemza. 
thank you so much, Jefferson. Let me welcome uh, the Mr. Ntantla, the new CIO. We hope that you'll be able to carry on with this concrete foundation that the departments have built on. Indeed, today's uh, progress report that we're receiving is it's exciting and it's encouraging, Chair. Um, uh, we all envisage that we will be able to, to aid and, and better the, the, the services that our officers are providing. Chair, in the last meeting, uh, when we got presentations, uh, there was no proper coercion on the report. And, and I also want to thank uh, the Department of Home Affairs and CETA. Um, uh, today's uh, uh, progress report, it is shows that there's proper collaboration and, and, and working together in between the, the entities and the departments, and it is very uh, commendable. We, we will soon be approaching our budget votes as a department and having a, a, or taking from the, the a budget presentation by the Minister of Finance in the previous week. I want to know if the department's budget priorities are also in line with the key areas that have been highlighted, uh, including the 200 million funding that they've, they, they've just highlighted in their in their presentation now that it is needed. The implementation phases may not, may not be, or the presentation have not shed much light on it, but it is encouraging to see that there are, there are targets, uh, timelines, and we really hope and encourage the department to stick to those timelines because the sooner we implement uh, these projects, the sooner we can be able to provide efficient services for people. So I think uh, most of my colleagues would have asked um, questions. I just wanted to make those comments to say we are really encouraged by today's presentation, and we really hope that the department will stick to the timelines and, and stick within the budget uh, or the funding that they have so that they can make sure that we have a successful uh, full implementation of this project. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable um, for your contributions. Uh, is there any other member who still want to comment? Uh, okay, thanks members for uh, your comment and interaction to the, uh, the report. Uh, well appreciated as presented uh, uh, collectively uh, with the Team Home Affairs and CETA. And we hope that uh, uh, once we are at the implementation phase and responding to the demands of our people uh, on the ground. And I think that uh, the committee will be uh, highly appreciating to the work uh, that uh, this department uh, uh, have shared with us and the people of uh, South Africa. It's quite important that uh, you are bringing confidence uh, uh, to the work uh, that uh, you, you, you are doing. And I think you have taken um, uh, to the core the recommendation of the portfolio committee in terms of what are the areas you must look. Uh, and I think this, re this report uh, responds uh, to, uh, to the call and recommendation of the, of the committee. Uh, one area I think that, uh, uh, that uh, Mr. Kieso, you, you ought to respond. I wanted just to check on the 
how secure is this systems at the level of uh, home affairs uh, in relation to the uh, cyber security uh, threat? I think if we can expand also uh, just to ascertain uh, the security area in, in, in terms of that area. So what we're going to do, we're going to request, as I've indicated, uh, the team uh, to make comment and respond uh, in terms of the issues that members have raised. I think in the main, generally, uh, members uh, are commenting on the work uh, uh, that you're doing. The only area is focused on implementation and the budget allocation to the, uh, uh, to, to the key areas that we have identified as a progress uh, work. I will invite uh, uh, Mr. Ntlantla, Mr. Kieso, uh, uh, Mr. Tseka for comment, and the DG, Makoden DG, uh, Jordan Jani, and then the, the, the Deputy Minister, so that we are, we are one on the issue that members uh, have raised. Uh, and I think uh, uh, Mr. Ntlantla, the new uh, CIO, uh, has been welcome. I welcome you to the uh, to the committee and also the de department and congratulations on your new appointment. Ms. Antlanta. Thank you, Chair. Uh, good uh, morning, uh, Honorable MPs. Uh, morning, DG Makode uh, uh, and DG from DCTT and uh, commissioners from PMA and my colleagues. First, I'd like to thank the committee for a warm welcome to home affairs and to this meeting. I'd also like to thank the committee for keeping an eye on what uh, work is being done within the department on behalf of uh, the people of South Africa. In responding to the first question from Honorable Pillay, I suspect we may have to send more detailed information beyond the timelines that were given. When we were preparing for this, we were not sure of the level of detail we, we could go into uh, because some of the things are just too detailed, too technical, but uh, we have tried uh, to at least give timelines uh, based on the dates for each of the uh, programs as outlined by the, uh, by the uh, DG. And the nature of the partnership, uh, much as we appreciate the uh, commendations from, parliament, from the parliamentarians, it's a, a colleague referred to it as a marriage. We are like married to CETA. So we do have our ups and downs. And yes, uh, we have made some progress. And therefore, the nature of the partnership is not just transactional. It's not just service provider. It's somewhat maybe that of siblings because we are in the same family of government. And I guess that's partly what talks to what has been achieved. But I, I think in response to your question, uh, Honorable Pillay, we may have to then either after this meeting sent more detailed, a more detailed presentation uh, with some of the slides that we had left out. I'll seek guidance from the DG on that one, or maybe talk further on this uh, in this session. Uh, we are certainly focusing on the busy offices uh, in terms of piloting uh, for, the a for the booking system. And I just wanted to get confirmation on, on the offices here. And yes, I've just received that information. Uh, but uh, it, it, it is, uh, we are prioritizing you know, the busy offices, the ones that we identified for the booking system. Uh, it's Byron, Acacia, Pal, Weinberg, and uh, Tongat. 
Yeah, but the comment that has been made, I think, by Honorable Kanilia on uh, focusing on rural areas is uh, well noted, and uh, I'll feedback to colleagues about increasing the number of offices. Uh, indication on what the department's plans are to achieve this with timelines, uh, tabulate which offices and timelines. Uh, I will request that we get back to the portfolio committee on that, or maybe uh, by form of correspondence sent the project uh, uh, that tabulates that information. I don't have it off the top of my head, sorry. In response to Honorable Ross, uh, thanks for expressing support for the funding request. Uh, as far as I know, the steps that we've taken so far uh, have been to see where we can realize fun, fun, uh, uh, savings. We have submitted motivations through the chief financial officer for additional funding, but it has been made clear to us that each request for additional funding needs to identify where that additional funding will come from. So one of the things that we may have to come back to this committee with are those areas. And we, we have to come back partly to account and to, to update you with information, but you also might need quite a bit of support because as we move things around, uh, some of the companies that might be affected are fairly influential and they lobby. So we have identified possible inefficiencies or savings based on uh, the changes in technology. As an example, uh, we are currently on a Zoom platform. Strictly speaking, we should not be using it because it's costing money and government has other platforms that uh, it has invested in and won't cost money. So those are the kinds of things that we'd be look we are already looking at. I'm going to ask for help on the legal claims cost from other colleagues. I don't know what the figures are. And yes, the idea of looking at the cost estimate of downtime uh, is welcome. Uh, we haven't done it, uh, certainly not from the ice branch point of view yet. Uh, but it would be important to do it because uh, internet connectivity skills and unfettered access to knowledge and technology are three key components for a country to be competitive. So the downtime is definitely very costly from whichever way we look at, at it. Uh, but I'm not aware of any uh, exercise to that effect. And the plan to ensure connectivity, I guess my colleagues from DCTT uh, will uh, talk to that a bit more. We have approached, in addition to what we have uh, presented here and what the DG said in relation to our talking to the banks. We have also started talking to metros and provincial government entities that have invested in this. In an office like Randberg should never suffer downtime because of what has gone into the city of Joburg and the Houting provincial government's broadband plans. So we have made approaches in that regard and unfortunately the responses are coming in slowly, but we're going to be chasing up on that. But I'm sure that there's more work from the DCTT point of view. And yes, I agree that uh, internet connectivity should be added to the basket of, right, of basic rights for uh, humans and for South Africans. Idemia checks and balances are in place uh, in terms of the master services agreement. In fact, when things started looking like they were not going to go according to plan recently, DG sent a letter uh, pointing out that you might invoke penalties if uh, the colleagues from ITMIA don't stick to those uh, promises. And uh, there was a quick response from them and attempts to make sure that 
they stick to those. So uh, the checks and balances in terms of making sure that the contractors are held accountable uh, in place. Uh, thanks for the comments, uh, Honorable Mulekwa. We'll definitely continue to stick to the action plan and uh, we will keep updating the portfolio committee. I guess uh, I'll leave that to uh, DM uh, to yes, uh, run with. As far as I know, Honorable Dito, phase one is on track. Uh, it has to be on track, uh, but I trained as a software developer and one of the things we know is things tend to go wrong, especially when you say things are on track. But at this stage, uh, all things uh, being equal, we uh, are planning to deliver in line with our time uh, lines that have been put. How much of the 450 million rents allocated has been spent to date? From what I was told by Mr. Stoltz, we've already spent 500 million rents, but I'll ask uh, maybe CFOs here to confirm uh, that. Uh, responding to Honorable Kanile, I've given the booking system office names uh, Byron, Acacia, Pal, Weinberg, and, and Tomat. And yes, I think we should uh, look at rural areas. In fact, we should be prioritizing those because of the long distances that people have to travel uh, just to get to some of the offices. In terms of the rural areas, of course, we've also been rolling out, uh, getting our mobile trucks to be very active there. But this pilot will certainly help uh, a lot. Offices uh, without uh, ICT equipment, uh, I'll ask to come back to the committee with the dates in terms of what we're going to do with those that don't have uh, equipment. I think that is in the project plan. I don't have it off the top of my head again. Apologies. And the same uh, with the CETA uh, network pilot. I think the CETA colleagues, Northwest uh, pilot uh, ETA, I think the colleagues from CETA will then uh, talk to that in terms of the expected delivery time for that. Uh, from uh, Honorable Mkini, uh, some of the offices, other than ones that I've listed, in fact, I need to talk to Byron a bit. Byron is one of our, what I would call class A or success story offices. It gets very busy because it's very effective. So due to the speed with which they process things uh, and they try to reduce queues, word gets around and then more and more people come to the Byron uh, office, uh, but it remains one of our success stories. And this is largely due to the commitment of the management uh, in that office. Uh, apart from the office that I've mentioned already, which include Byron, we've also had uh, interventions for, at offices like Alberton and Randberg and Edinburgh, where there have been uh, cases uh, of delays, et cetera. And direct contact with the officials has also resulted in some of the improvements happening sooner, but also more uh, possible improvements identified. As an example, at the Edinville office, which is located next to the SARS office, we are trying to work towards a situation where when someone visits the SARS office, they have the same experience when they visit the Home Affairs office at Edinville. It shouldn't be as different as it currently is, including the acoustics, uh, the yeah, all the human experience factors like standing uh, in a shaded area, et cetera. But yes, we do still have queues. Uh, and when we visit some of these offices, 
yes, some of the queues are getting shorter, but as I say, in some cases, they might be longer because of who it's getting around. What has really been a headache for us is downtime. And uh, DG refers to a network theft, uh, sorry, cable theft. What you are seeing now is not even cable theft because some of these are fiber optic cables. They, they get cut. And I'm not sure whether it's a simple act of vandalism or it's sabotage. Uh, but the one that resulted in downtime yesterday affecting the Western Cape, uh, Eastern Cape and parts of the Northern Cape, uh, the CETA lines, uh, the CETA, the lines connecting the uh, CETA switching centers uh, had been cut at multiple points. Uh, so that will certainly have an effect on the queues, no matter what we've done in the other areas. Has there been any analysis to check improvements since the last meeting? Uh, we keep being asked about what impact we are realizing. We haven't maybe presented in an analytical way that these are the trends and these are the numbers, but we have seen an improvement. So it's a yes and no in that as we prepared, for instance, for this presentation, we had to see what the impact has been, but we haven't uh, measured it. Uh, and the other thing that has happened since the last meeting is there has been a, a more proactive use of the mobile trucks, and we've seen those making a, a difference. Apologies, uh, Honorable Mkwene, for the ICT jargon. Part of the job of the CIO is to remove uh, the techno bubble from uh, some of the presentations, so we'll make sure that that uh, gets uh, corrected. Honorable Van der Meves, uh, question on whether clients will have a use, will have to use the call center. Uh, no, they will be sending SMSs uh, as part of the booking. Uh, there's a web-based and SMS-based booking system. So they won't have to call the call center, uh, Honorable Van der Meves. There was a presentation that I think the previous uh, pre uh, session of the of this system, but we can arrange maybe for that presentation to be sent through or for it to be made again. And there are plans to extend a footprint, to, to extend our footprint at the banks. The biggest holdup has been the downtime that we've had with some of our systems. And the banks have then been uh, reluctant to buy in or to come in uh, in large numbers until they are sure that our systems are stable. So. That's the other thing that's made this uh, very urgent. There are certainly plans for more mobile trucks and the CFO may speak to more numbers based on what uh, is allocated. But one of the things that we seek to do is look at the architecture within those trucks, the technology architecture, and see whether we can come up with improvements that make these trucks cheaper and therefore make it possible for us to uh, acquire more of them than uh, uh, we are currently. Acquiring. Uh, I will ask for help on the question on the penalty uh, fee paid by UH, uh, but we have been advised that the new service provider will, uh, well, it's not just the new service provider, we are part of the project, so we will uh, have to complete and we have undertaken to complete within the time frame. Uh, I will ask for the CFO to advise on the budgetary uh, part, whether it will still be within the budget or not. Uh, given the figures I gave earlier. And I'll ask for help on the EOH forensic uh, recommendations. I, I only realized yesterday that I haven't received much background uh, on that one. There was another forensic report that uh, was received on the 
these uh, adjudication system, and uh, I think we'll be updating uh, the committee on that when the time comes. Uh, but we've received uh, uh, recommendations, and some of those recommendations apply to these other areas. Uh, again, thanks for your comments, uh, Honorable Modisem Pia. And uh, we definitely will be including the ICT request for more funding in the budget vote as far as I am concerned. But as I said, we've been challenged or invited to try and uh, find other savings and we're very busy with that exercise. And we believe that we will, we will find some areas where we can save. Partly, and the, uh, the DG touched on this briefly without mentioning the savings part of it, but when we use the secure SETA-controlled uh, uh, cloud uh, and move some of our services there, for instance, that uh, should see us reducing our costs. And yes, we definitely plan to stick to implementation timelines. This one gets me into trouble with the DG because uh, some of these timelines were set before I arrived and I'm not sure how realistic uh, they are. So we may have to come back if it turns out that uh, they are not, but whichever, either way, our intention is to stick to them or even uh, exceed them and finish things quickly. One of those is a pilot that we had run, uh, which we thought would finish only uh, in March and it, 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 it's already finished. It will be, yeah, today being the last day of uh, November, it's already finished, so four months ahead of time. The last question from the chair, are the systems secure? Uh, the systems are not secure enough, chair. Uh, as we showed you on the uh, ABIS uh, architecture, the firewalls, uh, etc. But even some of the firewall technologies are vulnerable. The system that we're using right now to talk to each other is more vulnerable than the ones that the government has to use. So we are not secure enough. And uh, the work around making sure that the architecture, the enterprise architecture is secure and we introduce more security systems is at, uh, precisely to address that. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you very much, uh, Mr. Ntlantla. I'm, I'm not sure what, do you want us to interpret uh, your statement on the implementation phase? When you say you and the DG, you, you seem not to um, um, I'm trying to rework my, 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 my understanding on your statement, but what are you trying to say to the committee? Mr. Ntlantla? Mr. Ntlantla, I'm inviting you to, on your comment, on your statement, what are you trying to say to the committee? DJ McCord, before you go to Mr. Gibbs, I wanted to, to get a sense as to what Mr. Antlanta is trying to say to us so that we're able to interpret his statement. Maybe you can answer Mr. McCordy. No, thank you, uh, uh, Chairperson. Uh, to, to be honest, I'm, I'm not sure what uh, he's referring to. I think he's better placed to respond when he reconnects. Uh, thank you, Chair. Okay. Can the DM, we, we try to get a sense when you close on the e statement, or because I think this is an important uh, 
meeting and the, the presentation. So our 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 collective view is that uh, if there are issues that the committee must know, uh, you must take responsibility. DM. Uh, if there are issues that are, are hidden and you are attempting to to raise statement that confuses the or misleads the committee. Uh, we're not going to appreciate that. And I, I want us to you to, to come back to that statement uh, um, uh, and clarify the, the comment. Thanks very much. Mr. Keiso. Uh, thank you very much, Chair. And morning again to you, Chair, Honorable Members, DM and colleagues. I guess let me start as I will be as brief and in simple English, Chair. Um, to also indeed one confirm, Chair, that we are working together with Home Affairs. And I also congratulate the DG that he was also able to explain the IT-related slides and, and all the work that we are doing together. Thank you, DG. And to confirm that there are now governance structures that are working both between us and Home Affairs, led by both us, uh, myself and the DG to ensure that we give direction on what needs to be done. And I can confirm Honorable Rose, Honorable Fanamerov and Honorable Tuaku that this time is no longer a fight whether do you need this or don't you need that. There is a clear agreement that hands on deck, we must now implement the things that we need to implement. So hence then you have seen on the timelines of what we are doing. And I can confirm Honorable Mulweka as CETA, we will stick to all of those timelines. And the DG for Home Affairs has also indicated that they will also stick to the timelines that they have put. So Honorable Chair, in spite of what Tanta uh, have just said, but Home Affairs is clear that they will stick to the timelines that they have put themselves. Perhaps let me rather answer the broader questions if you allow me, Honorable Chair, without going through them one by one. Because there are basic questions about the work that we have done. Have we seen any practical improvements in terms of system downtimes? Uh, down A direct answer, Honorable Chair, is indeed yes. So. And we've even go far where you have now can report that 133 offices have already been moved from your copper into at least LT and you are moving them to fiber. So we're doing that work um, already to ensure that there is practical improvement on the systems. And as you've seen also in some of the slides, there is more proactive monitoring of the service so that we don't wait when we hear that something goes down, but there is an upfront proactive monitoring of everything end to end to ensure that the systems are available and we and we share that information also with the home affairs team, even if uh, what might cause the system to go down sits on their side, but there is at least that proactive monitoring view which we make available um, to them. Let me then address the broader questions you are asking, Honorable Rose, and as well as Honorable Motisempia, around the investment. As you have, and the investment and in both the access to internet and internet services, which indeed is a human rights issue and also has an impact in terms of the economy, also has an impact in terms of our citizens being able to receive services. I can say without any doubt, as our minister has explained, um, when we appeared here last quarter, that as CETA, we are working uh, with the department, we are working on an overall government plan that will ensure stable, reliable, effective, and efficient connectivity for all departments. 
so that you don't do piecemeal solutions today, it's home affairs, and tomorrow you have health, the next day you have education, the other one you have another entity. So we're looking at how do we then ensure that working together between us and the CDT, we work on ensuring that there is what we call it our revised SA Connect model, which is basically looking into a revised broadband model that can be implemented across all facilities of the state. As you would note that in slides 13 and 14, that the DG has said, put in almost a five-year timeline to replace their internal infrastructure. We are looking at alternatives where CETA can also get in and take over the running and the management and the infrastructure around your local area networks, meaning the networks that sit inside the departments that departments like Home Affairs are responsible for. Move that entire service to CETA where CETA can then also be in a position to even replace that infrastructure immediately within the next financial year. As you will see in slide 14, there are plans from 2019 up to 24, 25. So we're looking at what is it that we can do in partnership and, and addressing key departments like your home affairs, your subs and others, where part of the plan for minister is, can we move over this land infrastructure to CETA, where CETA can take over as its responsibility to replace the infrastructure, upgrade the infrastructure, make sure that there is end-to-end -end scalability of the service. So there are plans to that. We'll be going to cabinet shortly to talk about that and what is it that we're proposing to do and the financial injection we can make um, for that to ensure that these things are done as quickly as possible. Because as you'll understand, Honorable Modis, and yeah, even the 200 million is a drop in the ocean for the infrastructure that needs to be replaced and modernized within home affairs. So we're looking at how can we assist them. In addition to the two billion investment we have already announced, we have already uh, made available and we're already now on implementation, no longer on running tenders, but on implementing things. And most of what we need to finalize as contracts will be finalized not later than end of the next month of December. And the key implementation will indeed happen before end of your March. I think Honorable Chair, you asked a broader question around the security of DHA systems and the core government network. I can give a direct commitment and an answer to say the core government network that we're responsible for that we're running is indeed safe, same as the cloud infrastructure that we are running that uh, Mr. Ntlatla Mabasa was talking to with a lot of security reviews, security management, and we are migrating as many applications as possible that are secured, that should be in a secure environment from specific departments to run from our own CETA cloud, secure CETA cloud infrastructure. What Tanta might be talking to is that um, Home Affairs still has part of your legacy, older infrastructure that we need to replace with relatively newer infrastructure that is more that also has better security. But I can also confirm, as it is there in some of the slides, the security operations center or cybersecurity uh, platform that CETA is implementing. Within the next three to four weeks, we will also be signing a contract as we are done with the tender processes for a partner that will come and implement an additional cybersecurity platform security solution that will make available to the rest of government, ensuring that for a start within the next three months, your entire network of CETA will also be monitored and run, and there will be additional security measures that we'll be putting in. So we made commitment 
of a half a billion funding into that. We are now implementing that. We are done with the tender processes. We will now be taking this matter chair um, to the board for, for finalization, which will happen before end of December. And the implementation will happen within the next quarter to ensure that we continue to invest in securing government systems, your ICT-related systems, taking over the networks or the lands of departments, including Home Affairs, also has that as is necessitated by our review of the security of the network of government. And we are indeed going to do that. And we do have financial resources within CETA, as well as human resources, to ensure that we monitor any security. So I can confirm at this stage that there are no security incidents, Chair, that we have seen that are going on the network of home affairs that will affect the systems of home affairs or, or security incidents that are happening on the core network of CETA as we have resources that are monitoring um, the network of government, what CETA is responsible for in its entirety. I think let me rather stop there, Chair. And if there are any questions, we will take it from there, Chair. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, uh, Mr. Case. Just to go back to you, Mr. Case. So, are you you are certaining that uh, the I'm I'm trying to make sense on the on the statement uh, on the response of Mr. Ntlanta that uh, uh, the system are not uh, fully secured. Is 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 the same uh, view that uh, Sister is holding? Thank Mr. you very Case. much, Chair. All right. Thank you very much, Chair. So the view that CETA is having is that you can never stop investing on securing the systems of government. And I can put it in writing, if it needs be, that the systems of home affairs are secure. However, CETA and home affairs will keep on investing on additional security measures of our system. So hence, I want to put it, that's why, Chair, I'm saying it the way that I do. Because it will be very reckless of me to say that the systems of home affairs are not set. It will be a very reckless statement for me to put without any proof of that. But I can give a commitment and an assurance that for the work that we do, the core network of CETA is secure, same as the systems that home affairs have. But we believe that we should continue to invest in that security. It covers a lot of things, Chair. It covers antiviruses. It covers your fingerprint biometrics. So there is a lot of things that we're doing. Those criminals are not sleeping. They are thinking of new ways of uh, penetrating our systems. And it is for that reason that CETA is clear that we will keep on investing more than 100 million a year on continuous security of government systems, both for okay. us and for clients like Home Affairs Chair. I thank you, Chair. No, no, thanks. I think uh, I, I'm, I'm getting both you and uh, uh, Mr. Ntlantla. Um, I think you, 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 you are articulating a, a proper. I think uh, uh, I'm now clearer on the intention of Mr. Ntlantla's comment on the, on the, on the response. Um, the chairperson of the board comments on the issues. Mr. Zeke. My apologies, uh, Chair. I understand Mr. Tsika has challenges speaking, Chair. My apologies. 
Oh, yes, challenge is speaking. Oh, thank you, thank you. Uh, did, did you record eh? your comment on summary? No, thank you, Chair. Um, <clears throat> I hope you can hear me. I don't have a challenge speaking. So may, yeah. maybe just to go back to, uh, to confirm and reconfirm what uh, the caretaker CEO has indicated around uh, security, I'd like to align myself uh, with uh, what he has said. Of course, uh, uh, it can never be enough uh, to, to invest and will continue to do so working with uh, CETA. And we're getting very good cooperation from the colleagues at CETA with regards to, to that. So let's then get to the uh, substantive questions. Uh, Honorable Ross, uh, I, I suppose the uh, contractual safeguards for uh, the program have been provided for within the uh, engagement uh, model. Uh, CIO partly touched to that. I think for now, uh, Honorable Ross, we, we focused on the implementation of uh, the ABS and uh, the we're working around the clock to make sure that uh, the conclusion of uh, phase one uh, is uh, done by the end of uh, December and we can uh, safely say uh, before this committee that uh, all uh, is on track uh, to, towards that. Maybe let me deal with the other questions that uh, you, you have raised, uh, Honorable Ross. Um, the, the one thing that uh, we currently are engaged with EOH Iran, it's really around the arbitration uh, with regards to uh, the penalties that you referred to. It's an ongoing process. It will, do, it will obviously take time <clears throat> because post that, we'll need to, to also look at uh, the, what we refer to as the value for money audit uh, so that you are then able to enforce uh, penalties based on other activities as well rather than just uh, one contractual uh, issue. So the penalties in the current uh, IDEMIA contract, yes, they are built in, they have, uh, there's built in uh, clauses. And of course, as we have indicated that for now, the focus is on the uh, delivery. Now, you also asked a question around the, I think it was more your comment on the legal claims. I think we are winning uh, some of the cases, Honorable Ross, you will know that uh, the Supreme Court of Appeals recently uh, ruled in our favor in the new Dawn uh, uh, technology matter, uh, where they were claiming 600 million from the department, we've won it. Uh, of course, uh, they are continuing, they are proceeding to the Concord, despite the Supreme Court of Appeal saying there are no reasonable prospects of success in that uh, case. So we do take your comment on the shortfall projected revenue and what is it that we need to do uh, to increase uh, our, uh, our revenue, including some of the issues that you've spoken about around the network uh, at architecture. Uh, and then uh, I'll ask uh, CFO maybe to respond to uh, some of the mitigation measures that we're putting in place with regards to uh, that. And then I think uh, Honorable uh, uh, Molekwa, I think Asita has spoken to uh, the issues around sticking to the timeframes that uh, we've uh, agreed on, uh, including Mr. Mabasu has been attending those uh, meetings. And then uh, Honorable uh, uh, Tito, I think phase one uh, of uh, ABIS is on schedule as we've said, and we currently, uh, the, the, the team is preparing the final measures to commence with stage three testing or what we refer to as the parallel run. And I must indicate to the committee that uh, this parallel run needs to run for a period of uh, 20 days uh, before sign of uh, testing and if successful, will then move into production. Um, and, and of course, uh, the system will run uh, in parallel with uh, Hannes uh, for at least uh, the next uh, 
uh, year or so, and at some point we'll come to the committee and indicate what is it that needs to happen to uh, Hannes, because you can't then have two systems running uh, parallel uh, to uh, each other. And then there was a question around, maybe just to correct the CIO, because he's recently joined the department. So the total amount for the contract for the entire ABS project, it's around 465. And then you need to subtract what is it that we've paid to uh, EOH uh, to, to, to date. And then you will probably be left with about 200 and uh, something uh, million. Uh, that's uh, where we are at uh, the, the moment. And then Honorable Kanyile, I think you asked for uh, some of the offices where we will be piloting. Uh, in Pretoria, it will be Acacia, and then uh, there's a Byron in uh, uh, Cape Town, there's Weinbeck uh, as well, and then we take note of what Honorable uh, Pile has said about extending uh, the, the piloting uh, beyond uh, Tongat. I think uh, DDG Mavuso will then ask you to speak to some of those uh, issues including uh, rural areas uh, where you have said we need to look at uh, connectivity. I think the uh, uh, VSET flat panel, we've made sure that that truck and the VSET uh, is piloted in those deep, deep uh, rural areas. So it's been throughout almost uh, all the provinces. And then I'll ask DTJ Mavuso to speak to the 39 offices uh, that you have said have uh, no equipment with regards to hospital uh, connectivity. And then uh, Honorable Mutini, uh, uh, with regards to uh, the issues that you have raised around long queues, I suppose in certain instances, uh, those queues are still there. Uh, in particular, if we were to look at uh, um, Umtata, for example, uh, it's really related to uh, the numerous uh, um, areas that have been built or, or relates to the spatial development of, of uh, that area. But there are interventions that we are making, including at that uh, Umtata office, including uh, converting, uh, for example, some of the uh, areas into an area where people can sit to make sure that uh, we deal with the queues outside. And similarly, again, in the Eastern Cape, the uh, Matatiel local uh, municipality has now provided us, uh, Honorable Mukwini, with uh, uh, an office that uh, we will be refurbishing to make sure that uh, uh, we have space that can accommodate people uh, in, in, inside. And then Honorable Fander Mierve, uh, of course, uh, Mr. Mavuso will then speak to what other platforms are we looking at for the appointment system beyond WhatsApp, SMS, and I think we had committed at the last meeting that this will also include uh, your USSD for those that do not have um, uh, your smart uh, phones. With regards to the partnership that we have with the banks, we're strengthening that partnership, uh, Honorable Fander Mieve, with a view uh, to make sure that we extend our footprint. Uh, and I do remember in our last discussions, uh, we will be engaging with uh, uh, Itala, for example, in your specific area. Uh, last week, we had meetings with uh, CEOs of uh, uh, APSA, FNB, and uh, uh, standard banks, all of them are keen on uh, assisting us to extend our footprint, including providing additional support to what CETA has committed that they will provide us with, in particular, around uh, uh, IT skills that we uh, do not currently or are not in uh, possession of. And of course, uh, we will share with the Honorable Fander Mier the, the program. Uh, for the mobile trucks for the areas that uh, have been identified uh, in uh, KZN. I think I've spoken to the penalties in terms of the 
arbitration with regards to uh, EOH. On the forensic uh, report, those DCs are currently underway. As you are aware, in terms of labor relations, these things uh, tend to uh, take longer. And with regards to the uh, law enforcement uh, agencies, we are working uh, with them. Uh, as you'll recall, we did report at this uh, meeting that the case has been registered uh, with the, the Hawks and they are working uh, on, on that matter at an opportune time. Uh, for sure, we will share with the committee uh, what inroads they are making with uh, regards uh, to uh, that. And then I'll ask a CFO uh, through you, Chair, to speak to the budget uh, priorities. And then uh, I think the last ones are really related to, uh, I think, uh, Honorable uh, uh, Chabane, um, uh, the caretaker CEO has uh, responded uh, to the issues that uh, you have raised. So through you, Chair, if I can uh, call upon uh, DDG Mabuso to speak to issues raised by Honorable Kanyele on hospital connectivity and also Honorable um, Trini, and then the CFO. Thank you so much, Chair. Chair, may I proceed? Yes, I thought uh, 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 you have been invited, uh, Thank you. Mr. Mavuso, and then uh, Mr. Holambe, and then we'll go no. to DG uh, Jordan Chand. Thank you, no. Mr. Mavuso. Thank you very much, Chair. No, I'll be brief. Just on the issue of the appointment system in terms of the pilot, I think the DG has indicated the officers. So basically what we're trying to do is to say with those pilot officers, remember there's going to be a change of culture, practice, um, and operations, not only from the side of the employees, but also from the side of the clients. So as you introduce that, we also want to pick up, you know, what are the lessons learned out of that? Um, you know, most of the systems that you pilot, it's always better to be able to pick up, you know, the things that you need to uh, look out for when you do a bigger rollout. So I think that's why we are starting with fewer offices. It's not just to deprive any other community um, the access to the appointment system. So I think the issue that Honorable Kanyele is raising, we're taking that into cognizance. But the other issue um, is that the current um, system is obviously accessible through a smartphone, through um, a laptop or, or iPad. But as we move forward, then we want to ensure that those who don't have access to that, who have got the USSD, um, are also going to be able to access that. So I think it's something that will build over a period of time because we don't want to roll out in rural areas. And then again, we're then going to find, find ourselves um, you know, being blamed for um, not allowing access to rural communities because they don't have access to technology. So that's all, all the issues that we are trying to deal with and ensuring that they have access. But also, I think um, one of the issues that we will recommend, obviously, with IT is around the issue of uh, having a dedicated um, a machine at the offices where those who are not able to have those um, technological equipment then they can obviously book an appointment while in the office, depending obviously on the availability of slots. So that's just the one issue. The second issue is, um, I think Honorable Pillay raised an issue around the plan for modernizing um, other offices. Um, I think in terms of our um, service delivery um, improvement model, one of the things that we've taken into consideration is the introduction of um, um, mobile offices, obviously that has been done through civic services or through the mobile unit. But also from channel management, what we are looking at is to also introduce other types of offices, not the bricks and mortar, but your kiosk. Um, so a lot of work that has been done in that regard to ensure that um, we have a kiosk where clients can be able to self-service. So this is another way of modernizing 
um, we are busy with that process. So um, I think at the right uh, time, we'll be able to also come and tell the community where we are in relation to, to, to that work. And then the last point um, on the issue of health facilities. Yes, that's correct. Um, there are health facilities that are not able to issue uh, birth certificates on the spot, but we are offering the service there. Um, that's why we've indicated the areas where you collect. So those area offices that we've highlighted, we are going to be sending equipment to ensure that they're connected. I think our biggest shortfall or the challenge is that this project was not funded from the baseline, from the onset. It was funded from the self-financing. Unfortunately, from 2020 to 2021 financial year, um, we saw a huge decrease. I mean, our projection for self-financing was to collect revenue to the tune of about 1.1 billion rand. We could even we could not even collect half of that um, from foreign service due to um, a lockdown and other related issues. So it impacted not only on this project but on other projects that are reliant on this uh, particular uh, financing. So it's something that I think we are now looking at of ensuring that at least at a bare minimum we reprioritize within the baseline to ensure that we can fund this. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Mr. Mavuso, uh, for uh, that uh, responses and commitment to the issues. Mr. Holambe. Chairperson, good morning and thank you for the opportunity and also good morning to the colleagues in the, in the meeting. Chairperson, I want to start off where Mr. Mabusu just um, ended on the issue of the um, non-modernized offices. Um, Chairperson, um, the current non-modernized offices physically do not allow us to expand those offices to, to modernize them. In other words, they're just simply too small or inappropriate. Um, in order for us to build a new office, and I'm just I'm going to use the example here of a small office chain, um, will cost us about 50 million rands per office. In addition to that, um, in, and in order then to modernize that office, we need to put in a generator, a UPS servers, photo booths, um, computer equipment, that equipment, more or less, it's, 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 it's another five mole, um, plus the security venture. Chairperson, in order to operate a modernized office, you need a minimum of five officials. We do not have that kind of officials or the kind of numbers in officials. Um, then, Chairperson, in addition to the staff, we also then have the annual operating costs. It's, it's things like your telephones, electricity, um, if you cost that at two, billion, uh, two million rands, Chair, it takes you to a considerable sum um, for, for the 298 non-modernized offices to get them to the state where we want them to be will cost us in excess of um, 10 billion rands, Chairperson. That's 10 bill additional. We do not have that money, Chair. Um, Chairperson, for the, for the current financial here, and just to give an indication of timeframes, we are able to modernize three offices. It's um, Mokopani in Limpopo, Toyando in Limpopo, and Tahung in Northwest. So, Chairperson, if we, if we can do three in a year, then if we still have to do 300, it's going to take us a very long time. Chairperson, then just to get back to the other issue, the issue about um, the, the question raised by Honorable Ruiz about the revenue shortfalls. Mr. Mabuso also touched that, Chairperson. Um, what we, what we are doing to address the revenue shortfall is to look at increasing the tariffs payable for passports and IDs in particular. Um, we have also engaged um, government printing works to give us a cost reduction on the price we pay for passports and IDs. 
and I'm glad to say that a, a government printing works has agreed to such cost reduction check. That will only kick in on the 1st of April next year. Um, so, Chairperson, um, as Mr. Mavuse has pointed out, we, we used to collect revenue in excess of 1.1 billion. Um, our current year revenue projection is 562 million. Um, Chairperson, we are on track to collect that revenue provided the offices remain open and able to provide the services as at lockdown level one. If we do not issue passports or ID chairperson, then our revenue collections fell um, um, to about 2 million rands, three, five millions, I think, in, in one month. So it, it's very dependent on how COVID takes us forward, Chair. Um, Chairperson, um, uh, in, in respect to of Honorable Van der and the, the vehicles, the, the mobile offices, we have made available another 10, uh, 25 million rands in the current financial year to um, buy 10 additional mobile vehicles with the, with the satellite technology. The satellite technology the, um, which, we, which we put up in the prototype is a million rands um, each. So it's, it's also, that's why we can only have limited numbers. So Chairperson, we, we're also trying to modernize our fleet and if, if we possible, we will then use, a, if, and if we can source additional funding somewhere, we will then modernize our existing fleet as well. So 10 new vehicles, at least in the current financial year. Um, um, DJ has spoken about the contract value of um, the ABUS contract, so I'm not going to go with that one. So Chairperson, I mean, just lastly to get to um, how do we fund our priorities and how do we make sure that those things are funded? We, we have very limited room to maneuver check. Um, our budget is 8.6 billion rands. If we take off compensation of employees of 3.4 and the transfers to the IAC, we are left with 2.8 billion rands. Um, and if I take from, from that for 2.8 billion, I take the earmarked funds off chain, we're sitting with 1.9 billion rands, which we must then run all our operations. So Chairperson, in order to do that, we have a priority list. So what we, we have, we give under goods and services, we first allocate to the earmark product uh, pro projects. Then we go for contractual commitments. Then we go for new projects. And then lastly, what's left, and it's usually around 500 mil, then becomes discretionary spent. Under discretionary spent, we must pay our telephones, fuel for our vehicles, repair costs, all those things, then comes from the discretionary spent. Chairperson, I hope that helped. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much, uh, Mr. Holombe. Uh, uh, DG, Ms. Jordan, Jani. Um, a very good morning to you, Chair, and uh, greetings also to the honorable um, members on the platform. Greetings to the DM um, of Home Affairs and to my colleagues. And the chairperson, let me recognize the chairperson of CETA. Um, Chair, I think there was only one question um, directed to the department, um, but maybe just to start off with, um, to echo the sentiments being shared by all those who have been working on this program to say, um, as the department, um, we believe that the success of this project um, is very critical 
um, for us, especially also from the department, as we seek to achieve the MTSF goals. We also know that um, the Department of Home Affairs um, is the custodian of government data. And therefore, it is important um, that we ensure that it is on a secured, reliable, efficient, um, as well as an agile network infrastructure. And the connectivity, therefore, to all Home Affairs officers coming now to the point that has been raised um, by Honorable Ross is um, very critical for us. So where are we with regards to the SA Connect um, project? As you would know that um, as government, we had committed um, to connect um, all government institutions, um, schools, as well as public um, health facilities, uh, as well as other critical government offices. Chair, we've done a pilot um, to which we've connected just less than a thousand sites across the country um, through the collaboration with um, CETA as well as BBI and um, Centec. Working also um, with the SMMEs, I would like to emphasize this because I think it's very important that we bring in um, the, all the industry players in the ecosystem, including obviously the small, medium enterprises. What we then did um, following the successful pilot in the eight districts is that we went to come up with a feasibility study where we are trying to um, put up a proposal for funding. Um, due to the fact that the government fiscals are constraints, we are now looking at a public-private partnership. So we've had to review our model um, honorable members, to then ensure that um, as government maintains the core network, as the backhaul, as we call it, we are also then able to collaborate and bring in other players. Um, the model that the Honorable Minister of Communications and Digital Technologies, Ms. Um, Njabeni, has been looking at is to then see how we can look at all of other government's infrastructure um, as government has invested extensively on infrastructure, aggregate that and see how then we can expand on the connectivity and connect those sites that haven't been. We're in the process of finalizing that business plan and costing it together with all the critical and working with the critical government um, departments. Um, and we are wanting to introduce therefore um, policy instruments that will ensure that as government, we would have ease access to any infrastructure that is owned by government or a state-owned entity as we want to expand on infrastructure connectivity in the, in the, in the, in the country. And we want to go further to then say that infrastructure connectivity should go beyond and actually connect um, other public facilities, but more so as we move towards a digital society, we want to ensure that that connectivity reaches also the communities, especially in the underserved and rural areas. We will be piloting one such a, an example where we want to expand the connectivity to, to your townships, um, and rural areas and see how then the, the, the effect of that and hopefully we will be able to showcase this to even the private tech sector to bring them on board, especially other um, players such as your internet um, society groups to then ensure that there is Wi-Fi access um, widely available within our country. Um, so Chair, as, 
as you also indicated, um, this is the plan. We are hoping to, we are finalizing it before this, the end of this year, and we will be presenting it um, to our portfolio committee. It forms part of our revised strategic plan and APP as a department, and we would be more than happy to also share this with you when it has been approved um, by cabinet with the members of the portfolio committee. Thank you very much. Thank you, Digi, for your, your response and uh, uh, comments. Uh, I'm going to invite uh, Deputy Minister uh, Njabulo to uh, make to do a closing remark on all the issues that have been have been raised. And if he has to respond to some of the issues, uh, DM, you will uh, respond. Then we will work towards uh, adjourning the uh, the meeting. Uh, DM. Thank you very much, uh, Chair. I think the first issue is around the issue of targets. I must indicate that the targets that we are presenting here today are consistent with what we have always uh, presented here to the committee, and they are consistent with our agreements that we have reached with CITA. Uh, we have also processed them within the department. I understand that uh, Mr. Mabaso is new uh, and, and, and might have some concerns there and there, but in terms of the structure, of how we are working. We are working with these targets and he will also have to make sure that we implement these targets uh, because they have long been preset and we have already made milestones towards the achievement of these targets. I think the progress that we have made cannot be ignored in terms of how we have moved with all of these targets. And we do believe that we are still on site and I'm happy that uh, CETA has also uh, confirmed that uh, we are in line with those targets. On the issue of security chair, I can confirm that uh, home affairs systems are secure, and uh, that is why we have not had major problems uh, in terms of security. If you look at other uh, institutions, even in the private sector, they have been uh, struggling with regards to security breach as well as data breach, but we have never had that as a department. But there is a need because you can never say at any given point that you are 100% secure. There's always a need to consistently upgrade your security. And I'm happy that uh, when, uh, the, the, when we're making reflections, we did indicate that we need to consistently improve our security because those who are in the business of compromising security, they are always looking at new ways on how they can do it. So you have to always improve and be a step ahead. And that is why we are investing in infrastructure that will make sure that we are more secured. So it does not mean that we are uh, vulnerable. We are not vulnerable as a department. I think uh, the issue of legal challenges as race has been dealt with. We have taken a non-nonsense approach in terms of how we deal with legal challenges because we have seen the results that it brings, not just only uh, in terms of how we look, but in the, even in terms of our financial performance. You will have noted that previously we were sitting with a huge contingent liability, which was a result of the court cases that we're facing, we were facing. So our commitment and our determination to deal with these court cases, like the new dawn kind of a situation, has really showed that we mean business in dealing with these court cases and winning them is also a plus for us because it also builds confidence that we are able to deal with the problems as and when they arise. Uh, I think Honorable Ross is quite correct. Uh, the need for self-funding is very important. If we do not have operational offices 
like we did during uh, the COVID period under various levels uh, of lockdown, it really hit us bad on our ability to self-fund. And I think Mr. Mavuso also dealt with that, as well as Mr. Holumpe, where when there were travel bans, you immediately had to stop producing passports. So we could no longer raise money out of production of those passports. Even when we had to stop the issuance of identity of, of smart ID cards. So we literally stopped. So improving efficiency, as Honorable Ross was saying, means improving your collection of revenue. And that allows you to be able to find additional uh, capacity that you need to be able to take the department forward. I think that that step is correct. And I'm happy that uh, also the CFO did deal with the arrangement that we are making uh, with GPW so that we sort of slash down on the cost of production of these documents and be able to get more funding from there and fund more innovative ideas that will take the the department forward. We really... uh, uh, are open to the idea of oversight uh, on appointment system. I think we have always been open with the committee. They will just have to tell us what uh, date is available, and then we'll make sure that we we assist and give space for them to conduct, to, for the committee to conduct oversight. There is no question about it. I think uh, we need to add rural offices in the pilot, uh, because that is where majority of the people are affected. If you look at a person who has to travel quite a number of kilometers to get to the office and they are not assisted because it's full. So this system will work quite well for them. We do have the 10 mobile trucks and that we are adding with a budget of 25 million. I think uh, Mr. Holombe has reflected to that. It will increase our capacity. What I've always encouraged from members of the committee is that we are willing to partner uh, with various constituency offices for us to be able to deliver services where there is a need. If you give us dates and say on this date you want us to be there and provide the service. We'll do that. And I think it's very important so that we can also work uh, together with members of the portfolio committee so that they can see the kind of work that we are doing. But daily we do dispatch the trucks for them to do their operations in schools, in rural areas, particularly when we were faced with local government election, we had quite a huge demand uh, for identity documentation. So we're able to use those trucks in instances where our offices will have broken down, will also have that intervention in forms of truck. I must say, Chair, in, 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 in closing, uh, that the, 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 the capacity that we have built at Home Affairs was not an overnight thing. We have had to deal with quite a number of issues ranging from management stability that we see today, filling up of posts, making sure that things are done in the right way and and in the right time. And I think even the presence of the full-time, of the the DG has also helped us quite a lot to make sure that we now run a stable organization that can be able to make commitments, stick to those commitments and make progress. And I think it is quite glaring that we are able to then see the progress that we have made over the past uh, uh, couple of years and uh, particularly in the past couple of months. And for that, we really appreciate the support that we have been consistently given by the Portfolio Committee. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, uh, DM. Uh, Thanks very much, uh, members. Uh, thanks very much, uh, DG uh, uh, Jordan Chandi, for leading the delegation. 
and uh, DM for leading uh, this uh, delegation. Uh, the, the presentation which was presented to, to members, they've interacted uh, with the issues raised, the recommendation. And I think that we think that uh, the collective of members of the committee do appreciate the progress work uh, so far that uh, you have uh, demonstrated in this uh, meeting. We'll then uh, um, uh, observe uh, the process of implementation, where the challenges, the committee as a collective with yourself, we need to come together to strengthen uh, the work of the, of the, of the department and CITA. Um, we're happy that uh, uh, there's a joint effort uh, from the department and CITA um, to respond to the issues uh, that uh, we have raised in the previous uh, committee uh, meeting. We want to thank you, uh, members of, of, of the committee and the, 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 min, uh, the deputy minister and your team uh, for, uh, for this uh, uh, presentation. We'll monitor, obviously, the implementation phase and the identify where there are uh, challenges, where members have recommended, recommended in terms of the, uh, uh, the area of offices piloting, we think that you will take that, uh, uh, those recommendations and, and for, implement, for implementation. We will, uh, uh, Deputy Minister, uh, uh, obviously, in the CETA, um, uh, reconvene uh, this uh, uh, item in terms of uh, progress implementation uh, in the middle of 2022, just to check and also uh, get into the space uh, where you have uh, uh, presented here. And I'm sure members will then get into the ground uh, to see practically in terms of the issues that uh, you, you have raised, uh, whether at the uh, a ground phase of uh, uh, is this uh, process uh, working. So we think that uh, we'll reconvene uh, this, uh, uh, this session uh, to get the implementation phase on, on, on the matter. I want to thank all of you attended uh, this, uh, this meeting and honorable members. I want to check Mr. Matons if there's any other announcement or item uh, that you need to, uh, to do. Mr. Matons? I can. Mm, the announcement that I have is that uh, next week uh, we have invited the Minister of Home Affairs to brief the committee on the Ministerial Advisory Co uh, Committee report that dealt with the electoral reform. And then also that uh, last night the the, the, the department uh, also sent a letter and the report and the bill to amend the Electoral Act to allow ind independent candidates to participate in the national provincial elections. It has been sent to the speaker. So, and then uh, you as a chairperson, you have been copied. So we'll be monitoring that process as well to, to check if the, the office of the speaker will table that, uh, um, and the bill uh, to be discussed by the committee. That's all, Chairperson. Thank you very much, uh, Mr. Matons. That is an announcement of the committee uh, members. Uh, the uh, meeting uh, stand adjourned. If there's no any other matter, thanks very much. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much. Bye. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Thank you, Thank you colleagues. Bye. Thank you. Thank you.